I have shared with most of you before that I come from what you might call solitary stock. Now, what that means basically is that most of the people, not everybody, but most of the people in my family are introverts, and I am one of them. Now, when I've shared that fact with some of you, you say, no way, you are not an introvert. And the reason why you struggle sometimes believing that I'm an introvert is because you have a misunderstanding of the definition of introversion. Uh, An introvert, we oftentimes believe that an introvert is somebody that is shy, and that's true. Sometimes shy people are introverts, but that's not the definition of an introvert. An introvert is actually somebody who has their batteries recharged by themselves. Um, An introvert can actually be the life of the party. But once the party is over, they need to go off and be by themselves to get their batteries recharged. I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Back a few years ago, just a few years ago, when Lisa was preparing, it was the spring of her, uh, and I didn't tell her I was going to say this. Is it okay if I share this, Lisa? (laughs) It was the spring, and like I said, this was just a few weeks ago. It was spring of of her 20th high school uh, reunion. Okay? And she began strategizing to get me there. And she started in the spring because she believed she would need a strategy because up to that particular point in our lives, we had never went to a class reunion, hers or mine. And there was always lots of good reasons why we didn't go. Primarily among them is that usually a class reunion is on a Saturday night, right? And pastors have to preach on Sunday morning, so it's a difficult thing for me. That was my excuse, my biggest excuse, as a matter of fact. (laughs) So she says, she comes to me in the spring of the year of her 20th uh, class reunion. She says, Craig, I'd like you to go to my class reunion this year, and I want you to go with me. And I said, Lisa, I can't. I'm a pastor. You know that. And she goes, listen. And I did. She says, the reason why I'm talking to you right now is because you have enough time. You've got vacation and you've got enough time to plan this out. Take your vacation, get somebody to fill the pulpit for you. It'll be fine. And I thought, shoot, she's right. (laughs) So I came up with another excuse and she had already strategized that one. I came up with another excuse and she had strategized that one. Till finally I got to the point where I had to admit to her and to myself, Lisa, I just don't want to go. And then she said, you know what? I don't get you. When you're in a church setting, you, you act like you love it. You, you can stand and visit people for hours on end. You can um, uh, go up to someone that you've never met before and strike up a conversation and act like you're enjoying it. You can go to a church potluck and work the tables like nobody's business. And I thought, you know, she's right. She said, so put on your big boy pants. Actually, she said, put on your pastor's hat and come to the reunion with me. And I thought, okay. And you know what? I had a blast. Did I not, Lisa? And I was I the life of the party? I was the life of the party to the point she's going, who is that man? I had, it was an awesome time, but I was so glad I took a week of vacation because it took me a week to recover. I'm just saying. That's true. Is that not all? Every bit of that is the truth, is it not? 
Now, the reason why I tell you that story this morning, I, lay, I say that as a foundation for, remember last week I, was, I explained to you that in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to unpack for you a discipleship toolbox. And I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you a discipleship toolbox. And in this discipleship toolbox, you have five, I'm going to give you five discipleship tools. Now, what does that have to do with the story I just told you? Well, listen to me. You need to know that these five tools that I'm going to start giving to you today, these five tools were designed by God for you to use together in community. Now, those of you that are like me, you're introverts, your natural inclination is to hear these discipleship tools, receive these discipleship tools, and go, you know, th- th- those are good ideas, those are things I need to start implementing in my life, but, you know, th- I'm, I'm just so busy, you're going to come up with all kinds of excuses, and you're going to think, I bet I can figure out a way to use these discipleship tools by myself. Listen to me. Deny the urge. These tools were designed by God for you to use together with your children and your grandchildren and your spouse and your friends. They were designed to be used in church, but not just in church. These tools are designed to be used in your life groups. These tools are designed for you to use around your kitchen table. Use these tools together in community. And they will be far more effective in helping you to grow as a disciple of Christ. Because that's what discipleship is really all about, isn't it? Discipleship is you growing and becoming more like Jesus. And if that's your goal, the best and most effective way to use the tools that I'm going to provide to you today, or part, start to provide to you today, is to use them together. Okay, can you remember that? Let's get started. Discipleship tool number one. Talk. Or share. Discipleship tool number one is to share with one another what's going on in your life. The highs and the lows of your day. Now some of you are sitting back saying, well that sounds like a pretty good idea, but is that, how is that a discipleship tool? Well, you heard Galatians 6.2. It's a discipleship tool because God commanded you to do that. Did you know that? Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens. Now that's religious language for saying to talk to one another, share with one another what's going on in your life, the things that are good, the things that are causing you problems. Share with one another. Bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. You were created as a Christian to do this journey of faith together. If you really want to become a disciple of Christ, if you really want to grow to become more like Jesus, you need to bear one another's burdens. You need to share with one another. You need to talk with one another. Which leads us to discipleship tool number two. You need to read. And you don't, not just, you don't, you can read whatever you want, but as a disciple of Christ, you need to be reading your Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says that all scripture is inspired by God, is profitable for the teaching of doctrine, correction, reproof, and instruction in righteousness, that all godly people might be equipped to do good works. 
Now, most people don't need to be convinced that reading their Bibles is a, is a good thing to do. What people need to be convinced of is that you can do it. See, it's scary sometimes, especially if, I mean, I, I know people that have been going to church and Sunday school and their whole lives. And the Bible is so intimidating. You just have no, I have no idea where to start. I get that if I'm going to learn to grow to be like Jesus, I need to read the Bible. I get that. I understand that. I'm not going to argue with you on that. I just don't have any idea where to start. Well, you've heard me say before, it's kind of like the question, how do you, where do you, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. As God is calling you to use this discipleship tool, read your Bible, it's not supposed to be overwhelming. So let me give you, if you're not in the pro, there are all kinds of great Bible reading plans out there. But if you don't know where to start, I'm going to give you a simple suggestion right now. Where's my friend Ron? There he is, right there. Okay, can you stand up for just a second? Would you do that? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want people to see who you are. All right, sit down. Rod and I use this, and I've shared this with you before, we use this Bible app on our phones called YouVersion. How many of you have ever heard of that? All right, if you have a smartphone, this is what I want you to do. I want you just to go to whatever store you go to to get your apps. It's free. It's called, it's a Bible app called YouVersion, and download it to your phones. If you don't know how to do it, Rod has already told me that he will do it for you this morning before you leave, right? So, um, download that app to your phone, and every, time, every day when you open it up, it'll, it'll bring up a verse for the day. You, you, don't even have to, you, you don't even have to think about it. All you have, the only thing you have to think about is to open up that app, and it'll give you a verse for the day. And, and if you want to go deeper, um, one of the, Rod and I are friends on this app, so it gives you different uh, um, Bible plans. He's been like going through plan after plan like nobody's business. And it sends a report to me because I'm his pastor, I think. I don't know. And I'm going, way to go, dude. That's awesome. Anyway, you don't have to give me a report. He just does. <laughs> uh, but it gives you a place to start. You need to read your Bibles. But reading your Bible, just one verse or a small passage a day isn't enough either. Which leads us to discipleship tool number three. You need to talk about how that verse applies to your life. You see how they go together? You need to talk with one another about how that verse applies to your highs and your lows. You need to talk with your children how that verse applies to your highs and your lows. You need to talk to your spouse, how that verse applies to your highs and your lows. You need to talk to your life group about how, see where I'm going? You see, simply accumulating knowledge should never just, that should never be your goal. Even simply, even accumulating Bible knowledge should never be your goal. Because all the Bible knowledge in the world, if you're not applying it to your life, is a waste. It's meant to be applied. So, those are the first three tools in your toolbox. Share, 
what's going on in your life, your highs and your lows, with your children, your grandchildren, your spouse, your life group, your friend, your mentor, your accountability partner. Share. Read. Just a verse. That's all you need. And once you start doing that, you're, you'll kind of salivate for more. I promise you that'll happen. But just read one verse. Read. And then talk about how it applies to your life. Now, I know what's happening. Because about the way, the way I understand statistics, half of you in here are extroverts and you're thinking, oh, I love that. I can't wait to get started. And the other half of you are like me and you're introverts and you're saying, how can I do this? Because he's right. How can I figure out how to do this by myself? Well, I'm going to help you cheat. I'm going to tell you this morning how you can take those tools and use them for yourself, all by yourself. Have you ever journaled? If you've never journaled, that's that's not one of our discipleship tools necessarily, the five, but it is a discipleship tool. But if you've never journaled before, it's a great tool. And you you can journal and do all the things I've been talking about this morning all by yourself. Doesn't that sound awesome? I mean, what are, the purpose of a journal is to write down just what's been going on in your life, right? That's what a purpose of a journal is. What, what's going on? The good things, the bad things. And just you chronicle that in your journal. You can do that, right? That's awesome. And then you can also, if it's just one verse, you can take that verse and write under the things that have been going on in your life. You can write down the verse. And then you can write down the application of that verse to all those things that are going on in your life and you don't need to share it with another soul. Anybody excited now? But resist it. I'm not saying don't journal. You, I, I mean it. I mean, I've journaled at various times in my life and it's been very um, helpful. But resist the temptation To use these tools alone. You were created by God to be in relationship. These tools were created by God to be used in community. Whatever community looks like for you. You see, it is impossible to overvalue what you will get by using these tools together. Because you will gain perspective like, I know Ron's got a, you got a prayer partner, right? So, you meet with him weekly or something? Yes. I know you, so, it is, one of the reasons, he, you could pray all by yourself, you probably do pray by yourself. But one of the reasons why he has a prayer partner is because of the perspective and the, the growth and the foundation and the support that you get because you do it together. You were created, we were created by God to grow as disciples Together. I'm not talking, I'm not saying that quiet time by yourself isn't good. It is good. But for you to grow as a disciple to the fullest extent possible, we need to be growing together. So as you come, prepare to come forward to receive communion this morning. I want you to know that God is inviting you on the journey of a lifetime. And it's a journey that we are called to take together as a church, that we are called to take together as families.
It's a journey that we are called to participate in, in church and at home and maybe in a coffee shop. It's a journey of becoming more like Jesus, which is the best part of all. When we invest in this this, uh, process of discipleship, you know what will happen? You'll grow closer with the people that you're on the journey with, but the best part of all is that you will grow closer to Jesus. And it'll change everything.